This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, and with me, Karen Russell, and today we have the return of, she used to work at BFM. Um, she's now doing other things. She is Julian Yap. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, always a pleasure, Julian. And we have a first timer. He is a uh, musician and composer, and he is OJ Law. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you. Somebody who actually is accomplished. Um, no, no, I, no, Julian. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What a <laughs> what <a nice>. This <laughs> is no. I, I do that. That that's true. Yeah, I, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything else. I wouldn't my, call myself accomplished. I'm sort of like you know, just feeling my way through it, really. Yeah. Well. Um, well, here we go. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> let's get on with the show. So, uh, our three topics this week. Topic number one is fandom. Topic number two is content. And finally, topic number three is using AI to finish off unfinished masterworks, potential masterworks. So uh, with topic number one, fandom, I, um, I'm really fascinated by fandom. And it's becoming an increasing, uh, increasingly taught, actually, in universities, fan studies. It, it involves psychology, ethnography, anthropology. It's a really good way to sort of, and uh, literary criticism to look at society because uh, I finally managed to watch this David Bowie documentary that was made a couple of years ago and a lot of uh, a lot of fanfare around it. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this. It's two over two hours of David Bowie. And I watched it and I didn't like it very much because, and I never thought I'd say this in my life, there was too much David Bowie. Uh, <laughs> it was just him and there was really occasional incidental nods to the audience to the fans and but we never really heard how come people responded so favorably to his work and what what was it what was it saying to them and and that's me i'm a fan i want to know that um yeah. the work you know in a way musicians Authors certainly don't really do much in their lives, and th their stories are not really that interesting. Really, the, it's the impact on the fans that I find of interest. So, with that in mind, I want to turn to you, Julian, because <laughs> this is opportunity to really discover your <laughs> BTS fandomness. Like, what what was it when you? either first or second time you heard it, or whenever it was you heard it, that it suddenly resonated with you. It, it said something to you. What was what was it? You mean specifically the group? Specifically? Yeah. Or, or specifically the, the, what was sold to me as the group that caught me? Well, the, whatever it was, the thing that caught you. The thing is that I, 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 when, you, when you said that this was going to be your topic, it was super interesting because my life is measured in fandoms. Mm -hmm. Right? So like from... The time I was literally, I don't know, five. I think my first, the first thing I was interested in was S Club Seven, and then it got. It's it's always been fandom, 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 one after the other. I was on the Harry Potter train, all of that, um, and BTS just happened to be the latest one, also because of COVID, and it's always been pure love, you know, like pure. I there is nothing. I'm so blindsided. I cannot see anything. I have blinders on about everything but the thing that I. And so obsessed with, and I think that has only gotten worse with online spaces because 
that because the thing it I think the the best thing about fandom and um especially BTS, um, if you're gonna take BTS and the BTS army specifically, it's that the the fandom the the group is 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 the group, but the fandom's what makes the group. Um mm-hmm. you don't know anything once you get into a fandom. You only know things because of the fandom, because you have to learn about, I don't know, 10 years, 50 years, like I think if but it one of the first um the fandom that is accredited for creating um, fan fiction, the first works of fan fiction online are Star Trek. Is Star Trek? Yes, Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek fans. So, um, if I were to get into Star Trek today, I've tried. I, I can't because it's so big. Um, I got to get deeper into the fandom, but it's because there are people online who's going to hold your hand and help you, and they're going to no, open no. up the world for you. So that's what BTS is. Was that, so you're that, a, you're that's a what fan? Was, you're a fan of fandom. I love fandoms. I think fandoms, I mean, they can be toxic places, but yeah. I love fandoms so much because you can never talk about something that you love so much with someone who doesn't love it as much as you do. And you can only find them in a fandom. Mm-hmm. And then it creates a whole thing about creating um, fan works. And that has now turned into creating content. But it um, fan works being people, you know, people who write fan fiction, who create art, um, who who you know go out of their way to create hours and hours of video edits? I know that there's a one you know one piece the anime series. There's a completely um, yeah. edited version of the of the show which has been going for I think more than twenty years now. Yeah. Um, that's called One Piece, which has deleted all of got gotten rid of all the little like filler bits and put it all together. And that's because someone loves it so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had never heard of One Piece until very recently, but. Uh... Actually, what that, that sounds like something I, I I'd want to watch because yeah, I think with some of these <laughs> like um, long running mangas or animes, like there is a lot of filler. Yeah, so, and it's hard to know. get but, into it. But OJ, are you a are you a a fan? Uh, perhaps not as obsessive as Julian, but I mean, are you? Uh, I, yeah, I I I think quite similarly. Like over the years, um, my fandom has sort of like shifted between and usually usually musical ones. Uh, between different artists so I think my first love through my dad was the Beatles and um, and still to this day still a massive fan but then over the years as I sort of discovered new new artists to sort of latch on to uh, Radiohead I was a big fan as a teenager I had like a sort of like a fan website that I was like running in my teen years for like oh, wow. three Gosh. or four years uh, and then yeah that's sort of like gone on and sort of like uh, various art artists um the beach boys which I'll be talking about later I'm a big fan of that sort of um rediscovering that just recently um and yeah I think it's very easy sort of once especially for me with uh, as a musician when I sort of latch onto uh, especially my younger years when I was latching onto sort of music that I liked I really wanted to find out as much as possible about all these about the people who made the music um and everything they ever recorded so that was like you know or you know you would have the albums and then you'd want to discover the b-sides or the demos or maybe the bootlegs of the live shows and i think that's all tied into you know fandom and people wanting to record these things and share them but i i i think let's say the beatles right uh mm-hmm. something i i know a little about yep. and the the early early days beatlemania all those girls screaming and these were fans people who were driven for whatever reason toward the Beatles, but they kind of dismissed it. The, the It's just this wall of noise and they're just treated as this massive young femaleness that's gone crazy and not really given any due respect because they're the ones who actually made them 
they they donated their money. <laughs> yeah, they made them big, and the fans are are often. I don't know if if in later years with the Beatles, kind of men took over as fans and then started discussing them in a more you know grown up manly kind of way, and then. But often fans are not treated, are not considered. I don't know, <laughs> as if they they don't have any agency. But I I would say Julian, from what you're saying nowadays with the internet and with the possibility, say for fan fiction, you can actually create your own story. Yeah, I. And I, but I think that the, the 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 most appealing thing I think, especially about fan works, is that um, you get to create what the creator maybe didn't or fell short of doing. Uh, I think uh, interesting uh, when you mentioned, uh, you know, like the the, the fans are sort of left the, like gotten put aside because uh, shows like uh, Sherlock, for example, Sherlock, Doctor Who, these are shows that have famously. For kind of forgotten fans, once they started getting really popular, um, I, I I say both of these they're attributed to the same man, Stephen Moffat, you know, but um, they for, they forget the fans who made them, who who loved the show, and then we go into things like fan service where they do things to they write characters or they do things to characters that maybe fans would not appreciate, but that's where fan works come in because you can create you know sort of this alternate ending that you love so much or what you believe the set when you believe the characters actually deserve which it is so great i, I like you wow. know there's no you can never you can never there's not something there's never something that you don't want um well, you can always find it, it, there's you such know? an alternative universe out there and uh oj let's just finish up uh when you had the um radiohead fan page did you like dress like tom york and kind yeah. of like yeah, talk, squint, talk. squint, squinting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You were you were <laughs> no, really no. imbibing. No, you, no, no. I wasn't. But um, uh, you know, definitely felt like even having the website. I mean, even back then there was sort of communities. Obviously, now you have um Reddit and um also and Twitter, and it's very easy to communicate with people. But even back then there were sort of mailing lists and um Usenet. So there were like these big sort of well, big at the time, you know, communities where you were able to sort of talk to yeah. other like-minded. Yeah, Radiohead fans as well, and chat with them on um, IRC. I don't know if you remember IRC. It was basically like the original sort of um, place to sort of chat with people online. So I would spend probably like every day going online and sort of like talking with all these people who were also Radiohead fans, not necessarily talking about Radiohead all the time, but it really felt at the time when I was, I guess I was like 13 or 14, um, that I was part of a, a, a fandom and part of a community uh, and it was really great. I think that was really like important for me as sort of like a sort of introverted teenager who, um, you know, didn't have that many friends at the time just Been to there. have. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, yeah. we all have, I think. Um, and that sort of really helped me. So I think that was like sort of the positivity that came out of uh, the fandom for me, you know. Have you seen them? Had I seen them? Have you seen them now? Oh, you mean like, as live? Right. Yeah. 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 I've seen them, I okay, think, cool. two or three times. Yeah. That was a very, yeah, important, yeah. important, yeah, experience for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I could watch, I think I, I'm not sure. I think I could watch a two hour documentary about David Bowie's fans. Um, well, you know, some Bowie, but let's have the audience as well, kind of. Let's find out. Anyway, <laughs> move on. Topic number two um, Julian, content. Content. Uh, the the word I I love and hate I love I love 
I love content. I, I talk about, I come on this show and I only talk about content because that's all I, I do. Um, but earlier, uh, last week, Emma Thompson, the actor, has said that content is a rude word. It makes me feel like the stuffing inside of a so- sofa cushion. And we've been, and it, this has been something that's been like kind of talked about for a while now, especially last, um, last year, or I think earlier this year. Um, I talked about this on the show um, before, but um, how a lot of uh, shows on streaming services have been taken off. We're losing content essentially because they o- they've only had uh, online streaming releases. They've never had physical copies. So there's no way to actually find these pieces of work anymore. And um, with the writer's strike and the uh, actors guild strikes going on in America, we see this a lot as well in uh, sort of online film communities, Twitter, you know, people saying that all of this started, all of this got really bad when we started using the word content. And um, I have felt the same. I, I don't, I, 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 like I said, I love and hate the word. I was previously, I've, I was previously a content strategist, obviously not, you know, making films, none of this, but I was a content strategist and I not, this isn't a dig at like my employer or my previous job. I loved it, but it was thinking about content where creating a video was the same as creating a social media post. And all of that is lumped together under content. And there's an article in the New York Times about this. And um, it, it says very simply, in practical terms, a content, uh, the word labeling someone a content creator, because that's what HBO is trying to do. They um, labeled all of their work content. And that included, so HBO include, you know, stuff like uh, Sopranos, uh, Mad Men, all of that uh succession all of that mm-hmm. um they've labeled all of that content all of the people who work on their productions content creators so that's directors that's writers um producers everybody so um in this article on in the new york times they've said in practical terms content creator neatly accomplishes two things at once it lets people who make garbage think that they're making art and tells people who make art that they're making garbage so um yeah. obviously very black and white but also, it so content is yeah, it's just everything. It's everything, it's awesome. and I think so. I mean, it's a bit of yeah. culture. We're content, are we? This is content now. Yeah. So I thought we were like the Sistine Chapel. I'm sorry. <laughs> what well, we we clearly we were wrong that we're stuffing in a cushion now. Okay, apparently. it's such a terrible simplification of like you know art. I think you know um, you can't you know it. We have you know, something like Succession is a really great TV show. It's not. It's yeah. not something I would say is content. I mean, it is content. You know, it is sub- content is something that we can, uh, we can watch and consume. But it just seems like you know you have these big corporations now, uh, which are all merging, and and their entire goal is just to, I guess, make more money for their shareholders and and themselves. And yeah. so, th- and to the bottom line is, is if these shows are not making money, then you know, it's just very easy for them to lump everything together as one thing, uh, and it's a, just a really gross simplification of uh, what art, you know, art art is. You know, you can't well, really say a TV show and a movie and a song are all the same thing, but this is basically what's happening in but, a way. Well, okay, so what what were they called, and what should they be called? What well, yeah, should the, Succession the, be called? It's a it's a TV show. It's a it's a a drama, a TV drama. But The Bachelor is a TV show as well. Right, right. right. So, you know, are you going to yeah. put that together as well? I think it's okay. I mean, like, there are different types of TV shows, no. you know, but at least... It's TV you... drama, though. It's TV drama. No, it, TV it's, drama. Uh, it's fiction. Yeah. It's fiction. <laughs> fiction drama, yeah. 
So yeah. that that implies screenwriters, also, directors. I have also actors. simplified it, but I haven't simplified it in such an extent where it's just like one thing, you know. I mean, content is a word. It doesn't really mean anything. I I I was telling you earlier that I've started this burger show, which I put on Instagram, and which, which somebody TikTok. recommended on a bit of culture a few weeks ago. Mm, thank you. Yeah. And um, yeah. but yeah, the when I was telling people I was doing that, everyone's initial reaction was, like, "Oh, you become a content creator," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, I have," <laughs> and I didn't take it in a bad way, but it's not really the goal of it. My goal was to create a food review show about burgers, and that's what it is. So, but to then call it content, a co- call me a content creator in the same way that someone else on TikTok is creating comedy content, for example. We're on the same platform, but we're not really doing the same thing. You know, it's 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 a different it's a different. Uh, the audience might be different, and mm-hmm. uh, our goals are different in terms of what we're doing. So, Julian, you're you're anti-content. No, I'm not anti-content. I love content. I think, and and it, I think it's different as well because I don't, I don't, I'm not like you. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have a burger show. I don't create music or I don't write books like you guys. Um, I'm, a, I'm I don't write a, books either. Well, you, <laughs> I'm a, I'm well, a book so, writer who doesn't write. <laughs> yeah, carry you've, on. You've created things and you've created, um, you know, great things that have come out of your brains. You've put it out into the world. I'm the opposite. I've only consumed things, and there's. I've used the word content liberally and, and it's an easy word to use. Um, I'm also not going to every single, you know, every single time I want to talk about something, I'm not going to use the specific word. Well, this is a, this is a romantic comedy, serial period drama. Like I'm not going to do all of that. Like I get it and I love it, but it also makes me feel a bit sad. I don't, well, yeah, you know. Because yeah. also maybe though that it's, it's down to, um, see nowadays you can consume so much stuff right, content yeah. call, from one physical spot through your phone. Um, yeah. And you don't have to switch over to another contraption, say a television, or make a journey to a cinema, or use another contraption called a radio, or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So if it all comes through one machine, then you can't help but in your own mind call it all one thing. Because we still do distinguish between that stuff, that content, and a movie that we we took the effort to go to a cinema to watch. I mean, there's yeah. still the Oscars. They're not like the contents. <laughs> you know, they celebrate a specific thing. So yeah. maybe it's down to just the, 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 the device that we watch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just we'll name them TV and cinema. Well, we or, used to call and, it TV, didn't we? we I mean, to, it we was did. just TV. I yeah. but, H- yeah. but HBO, it sounded like HBO are calling everything they do content, but I watch their content on my TV. So it's because you're an old timer. You're that's old true. Yeah. Daddy, daddy. <laughs> I'm also wondering if this is just me being, you know, fussy about it, where I'm just like, well, the people now, they just call it content. You know, this is you, me being. But, but Julian, old. you enjoy content. I mean, you enjoy being skipped from one thing to the other. It's like, what well, enough succession. I want to watch The Bachelor now. I No, it's I'm watching succession with my phone on and I'm scrolling at the same time. It's that. So yeah. I'm just consuming all the content all the time. So I don't know why I'm whinging about it. But yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you watch a show without scrolling? Is that something you're able to do anymore? I can, but it depends on, it depends on the show. Like it's how good, like it's got to be so good. Like and but, that's a problem. For but me. you're scrolling about the show or something well, different, completely we're, different. We're, we're watching OJ's Burger Show on my right. phone. 
as, right. as I watch, you know, succession. But yeah. It's, uh, we're, okay, well, we'll, we'll come back to that one day, Julian. <laughs> the schizophrenia of um, consumption. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in the meantime, though, content is good. Content's well, great. Content consume, is great. Consume more content. Wow. Emma Thompson but doesn't don't know what she's talking it, about. But don't call it content, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, don't call it content <laughs> unless you need to call it content. Uh, okay. That's where we landed. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll get in touch with Emma Thompson and uh, fill her in. So uh, <laughs> in a moment, though, we're going to find out what AI is doing. Oh, my goodness. Um, here on A Bit of Culture on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam, and Julian Yup and OJ Law, and now OJ Oh my goodness. AI and the finishing <laughs> off of unfinished master. This is something I think if you asked me a year ago, I, I wouldn't have been um, coming in and talking about it in such a positive way. But there's this one guy who I've been following on YouTube. His name is Day Limbs. He's a, seems to be a musician, professional musician, uh, producer, songwriter. And he's been using AI voice models trained on the singers from the Beach Boys and also the Beatles, which he does sometimes, and mostly been taking uh, unfinished uh, Beach Boy songs and using his talent as an arranger and musician to um, finish these songs using AI. Um, I guess I should explain a bit about how he actually does this. So it's not actually like he's pushing an AI button and then like the AI is actually doing everything. He sort of, you kind of have to sing and arrange all the parts yourself. And then once you've done that, you get the AI models to replace your voice uh, with um, with whoever you're modeling. In this case, it'd be Brian Wilson or Paul McCartney or whatever. And um, a lot of these sort of like demos and stuff for the Beach Boys I've been listening to for my entire life. Uh, well, since I got into them in my teens. And so to hear him finishing, uh, the Beach Boys have a, a very... Uh, infamous album called Smile, uh, which was supposed to be their Sgt. Pepper. And they never finished it for various reasons. So he's gone, uh, but there's been sort of documentation about demos where you can hear what the, vo the vocals should have sounded like. And then Brian Wilson in his uh, 60s, 50s or 60s, I think he finished, he finished the album, but obviously with his old voice and with sessionists. So this guy's gone back and he's basically using all the information he's he we, we know about it sort of like filled in the gaps and when i first heard it i think i kind of had a bit of an out-of-body experience where it was kind of like oh wow this is almost like i've been transported into an alternate timeline where this had been finished and i know it's not real but it was done in such a loving and caring way um that i couldn't help but sort of be yeah felt felt very emotional about it in a way uh, but, uh, you've fallen for the dark side of the force, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, um, you you succumbed to uh, Darth Vader's, you know, let yeah. the anger thro flow through you. <laughs> but but uh, you know, I had to qualify this. But um, you know, this is like the one thing in a in a sea of like really <laughs> terrible. And I and I understand all the sort of arguments with AI that we're probably going to discuss now, uh, where AI is sort of like you know stealing jobs from people and sort of making art less valuable. And I understand that and I and I agree with all of it. It's just this one application by this one guy who is, in my mind, he's kind of like the 
the Jay Diller or Danger Mouse, uh, you know, sort of like so ahead of the game in terms of like taking this sort of like very new technology and doing something incredible with it um, to the extent where, yeah, even recently there was even someone from Brian Wilson's band saying how amazing what he's been doing mm. uh, is. Yeah. Um, Sorry, his name, Day Lim. That Day Limbs, that's how he goes. D-A-E. L-I-M-S, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, Julian, you like content. I mean, just throw this on <laughs> throw this on the content pile. Well, yeah. Well, no, that's the thing. So like OJ's just said, like there's there's this, which someone has clearly very painstakingly, lovingly put together and crafted, right? And I didn't even realize that uh, so much work went into it because, um, you know, when you see WAP by Cardi B sung by... Whitney Houston, you know, like you see like the AI sort of mashup videos of that. Yep. And you can tell that someone's just like typed in the prompt. It doesn't seem like someone's like worked really hard and, and, and done all of this and actually has the technical knowledge that you've just talked about. So that that's lumped together as content. That's the problem. <laughs> but right. yeah. But, but cra cra craft was involved here. Craft was I think involved. That, I, think, I think that's the difference. It's like if you're using it and again... There's a lot of gray area. I, I I kind of feel similar to this sort of, and I'm just talking purely about music, in the same way when Autotune first showed up on the scene. Uh, yeah. It was very, very controversial and there was a lot of sort of backlash about its usage. Uh, and then, you know, as the years went on and I think people started using it in a more creative way, then I think people realized, and, you know, obviously there are still uses where it's probably not, that particularly good where you're just trying to cover up people who can't sing very well yeah. um but if you're using it as an effect or as another tool in your arsenal to make music then that's what makes it interesting and i think i used to feel the same way about autotune as well it's just like oh you're just ruining music until one day i think i heard um someone using i think it was james blake and he used it in a really beautiful way and it wasn't to make his vocals sound better because he can already sing he was just using it to sort of generate, I guess, yeah, a new sort of texture or a new emotion that um, I hadn't heard before. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was kind of like on board with it, using it as a tool. So I think it's the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard yeah. a couple of songs where the didgeridoo was used quite interestingly, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear it all the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I want to ask you, OJ, though, is, is it possible, though, that um, I, you're saying it's not the press of a button. It, someone had to actually... Uh, create sure. the melodies, etc. Yeah. But the one of these fake—I mean, I don't know what, what else to call it—faux Beach Boy tracks could become more popular uh, than God only knows, or Help Me Rhonda, or Barbara Ann, or Surfing Newton Say. <laughs> I would be very surprised if that happened. I mean, you've got to imagine that you need someone who oh, was God. as brilliant and talented as Brian Wilson. To write a song like that, it is possible. You're absolutely right. I just feel it's very unlikely um, that there would be because I feel like a song like God Only Knows is like, you know, it's lightning in a bottle. It's not something that is ever going to happen again. You might have another amazing song, I guess. No, but, to, but young audiences today, I mean, they're not going to respond to God Only Knows. But if you could do it in a, I'm going to say something, something young here, Cardi B style, uh, <laughs> or am I like ten years behind? I don't know. You've got it. Okay, good. Um, I'll get the, the producer, Hanif, will will cut out that bit and make me sound forced <laughs> Um I mean, you do it in that style, then they're all going to be like, oh my goodness, that Beach Boy 
Wilson fella. Brilliant. I love it. And then they listened to actually the actual Beach, Beach Boys go, it's not as good as proper Beach Boy, Cardi I B. I mean, I think, I think that's a very sort of like quick dismissal of sort of young people and, and their I'm ability good at that. to listen. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking away my superpower. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, if anything, I feel like young people are actually more open to sort of like listening to old music or just as it is. I mean, if you look at like sort of like recent years where you've had like the sort of, you know, uh, young kids sort of like discovering Fleetwood Mac or Kate Bush, what? for example. Yeah. And these obviously there there needed to be something to make that happen, whether it was like, you know, going viral on TikTok or being in the show like Stranger Things. Um so I think yeah, that actually music, it doesn't matter how old. Right. So if it's a ga- if it's is. a gateway, a bizarre gateway, but if it's a gateway nonetheless, then to this this oeuvre, this this uh, treasure trove of um greats that they wouldn't have otherwise known, <laughs> then you'd say that's a good thing. And I think a great song is a great song. Like I, I I was not born anywhere near the '60s, you know. So you know, I'm an '80s child. So by the time I was born, like you know, the Beatles and the Beach Boys weren't really a thing anymore. You know, they were considered oldies already. And uh, but the music was so powerful, and, and presumably continues to be powerful among not everyone, but definitely some people that that it, it lives on through generations. Mm. Julian. Okay, so if uh, if I could just throw it back real quick to the fandom thing that we were talking about earlier. So I don't know about you guys, but I I really like when I get to have the little, I know it's different for something like the Beach Boys or, you know, the Beatles, but these are like, you know, these are the important big guys. Like it, these are special demos that were never, never finished. I like I, um, BTS again, where, you know, sometimes they, the unreleased demos, the kind of unfinished um, or like what, what, what the song used could have sounded like, those are really special. Do you not? Do you do you do you, you you're happy with that not being an unfinished thing, or you? Or I mean, is they, it, or that uh, it fills a gap. I mean, they 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 remain unfinished. It's not like it replaces anything. I mean, you talk about yeah. fan fiction, and I think w- what really struck me there when I when all this sort of like these AI sort of like um, songs were coming out was that it felt like audio fan fiction to me. Like it's like oh. the fandom loved. You know the music is so much, and then suddenly this new technology came up where the fans could finish the music themselves, and mm. and and it's exactly the same thing. In the same way, we're talking about One Piece and sort of like doing the fan edit. So th- th- to me, it's sort of like a very very similar thing, and it also feeds into my fandom of the Beach Boys, which is why this is a really niche thing that probably not many people are going to listen yeah. to. But I, within I, the I, yeah, so anyone could create their sort of extrapolation of what this song could sound like like you could do it as well like anyone could. i could yeah. do it uh, i might not do it very well but i could do it yeah, yeah. actually thinking about <laughs> it i got no problem with it actually because i think that you know say the beatles they they love buddy holly and the crickets and let's say well, i mean they had many sources of inspiration but let's say they really loved that and they were playing buddy holly songs because they wanted to be like buddy holly but then it came out sounding like them and i guess the uh day limb I mean, it is ultimately his um, his melody, and he's yeah. using what strands are left of the Beach Boys' works to as a jumping-off point. But then it becomes his. So if he does create something, it's, it will always be known as. It's not going to. No one's going to pass it off as the Beach Boys. Yeah, and he's not trying to. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Maybe do you something think we could do the same though with uh, 
um, that I don't know, a book that's not finished or a film that's not finished? Do you think that we could use the same? But you, no, no one would like, ever believe that it's uh, Beethoven's Tenth Symphony. You don't always know it's an AI attempt. Dalins could do that. No, but, but, <laughs> He's, they're very talented. No, they're very talented, but everyone knows Beethoven only did nine symphonies. Yeah. Um, it, it can't be Beethoven's. That's true. It can't but, be I mean, Dickens' like was, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. He died or if when it, it was like, halfway you know, through. If we had like... Like Francis Ford Coppola's last film that he's that he ever did, never finished it, you know. And we had AI to do the same thing, but then you know it had to have like some some you know it it's going to be Quentin Tarantino's version of Francis Ford Coppola's last film, you know that. And then AI had to do that. And like, maybe would you would you like that? I'd check it out. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, it would depend how like the the AI was incorporated into finishing it because. Um, Again, I think I think that a lot of the issues with AI is the fact that, you know, everything so far in terms of AI is very automated. It's like you press a button, AI is going to generate a picture for you. You press a button, AI is going to generate a video for you or whatever. Um, to finish a movie, and I think it would sit really badly with people if it was someone pressing a button to finish uh, Francis Ford Coppola's last, unfinished last film. Yeah, But if yeah. it was a director... You know, some someone, a young yeah. director who was a big fan, and he was using AI to help him finish it for whatever. And I don't know how it would happen, but to generate bits of it, and then he had to edit it together in a way that worked. Yeah, so maybe, uh, then maybe, that'd be, that'd be, okay. be, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't become Citizen Kane. It wouldn't be a classic, I don't think. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, uh, we yeah. must move on. Um, but uh, well, I guess this, you know, AI. Oh, just have to get used to it. It's just, it's here to stay. Can I ask real quick if uh -huh. OJ's creating AI music? Has this made you want to try it out and use it uh, more? I did try it a little bit and it was terrible. So clearly, like, I didn't oh, no. have the determination or skill set yet to use it properly. But um, but since I've used it, there's apparently been more developments. So I, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm I'm curious about it, but I don't think I'll be releasing like any like. Um, Beach yeah. Boys covers or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just changing so Didn't. fast. Yeah. So uh, we move to the final part of the show, the recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest, and I go first. Uh, my recommendation is a peculiar one. It's it's actually the movies of Steven Spielberg. Um, I've been recently watching a lot of the movies of Steven Spielberg, and I don't know. I just feel I, I uh, whenever I watch them, I kind of keep going. Well, how come? What is it about this guy? Because they are good. <laughs> And they're compelling. And even the bad ones are good. <laughs> and I watch it, it's like, there's no discernible Spielberg style, you know, aesthetically. Not like um, even Orson Welles, uh, or certainly Stanley Kubrick. And uh, and I just, yeah, I, I would just say recommend just to watch him, just to go, how come? What's he doing? What does he do? And I have not worked it out. I have not worked it out, but they're very good. Um, and my favorite is actually a Bridge of Spies. Uh, oh, I haven't cool. seen that. No, not usually the one that people. No, it's not. And their yeah. Um, do, you, I mean, do you two like Spielberg or hate Spielberg or, or just didn't, couldn't care I mean, less? He's made a lot of really, really good movies. He's just a really good storyteller. I think that's really it. He's... Exactly how he's. I really wanted to go like exactly. Did you watch The Fablemans? I haven't seen it yet. Or maybe if The Fablemans might be, you know, well, I mean, well, it's divorce, isn't it? The divorce created the 
that the genies gave him the vision. Yeah. But, no, the Fate Moons is great. But did you know that he, but he doesn't block or he doesn't plan out his shots as much as, you know, any any filmmaker might. He might, he comes on to set. He doesn't tell anyone what he wants to do. He comes on to set. He blocks on the spot and he, he shoots. That's incredible. It's wow. just pure, like, vision. Yeah. yeah. yeah David Lean. He's a big fan of David Lean. David Lean did the same. Uh, um, okay, so that's mine. <laughs> it's a pretty obvious one. The movies of Steven Spielberg, but really, you, you won't be disappointed. Um, Julian, what's your recommendation? Um, I would like to recommend uh, Superstore, the TV series. Um, oh, yeah. The, I keep this in my back pocket, and I watch this every every once in a while just to just to have. You know, when you, when you do the weeknight watch, I would just want to watch one one episode, and it's 20 minutes, and I will watch five episodes after that. You know, T- Superstore is sort of, it makes me feel like it's um, today, but not today at the same time. So it's basically a group of employees working at a big box superstore in America, in Missouri, and they face challenges because, the, you know, the challenges that you get with customer service. So the main cast is, uh, you know, this guy who comes in, he one day starts, he gets a job at the superstore and he has to sort of find his way among this terrible cast of characters. You know, there's one who's terribly mean to customers. There's the main character, America Ferreira from Ugly Betty or Barbie recently. And she is she's the store manager. Oh, sorry. She's the floor supervisor as a store manager who's a very, very good, nice man. But ultimately, that's a downfall. You know, you have one of everybody. And because obviously it's customer service, you get the best kinds of situations and then how they deal with that all individually. Mm. And it's just, I, I love the show so much. It came out in 2015. And watching something, I know, I know, I don't know why watching it, I don't, it made me feel um, like it, it makes me feel like I'm watching it on TV. It's all on Netflix right now. But it makes me feel like watching it on TV makes it makes it weird to like you can see the trends and the clothes that they're wearing and how they speak and what they talk about and how that changes. And that final season that they did, it ended in 2021. The final oh, season it's, it's ended, yeah. Um, but the final season was totally during COVID, which was also fun because you know, remembering also wearing masks and having to distance, but also having that lighthearted, you know, sort Damn. of take on that and having so, uh, you know not having phones even or like they have phones well, but well speaking of which uh julian do you watch that without scrolling yeah it's so good oh my it's goodness it's a good that, tv show and i've seen it Oscar so many times too. <laughs> yeah i would i would this is this, this is such a good show i'd recommend it to anyone anytime yeah i, I and, love you know, i love sitcoms i love sitcoms that's just brilliant. it feels like a sitcom that couldn't be made anymore mm. and i mm. don't know why that is I don't know. If, I don't know if sitcoms have a future. Actually, I don't know if there will be any more. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's um, Superstore. Superstore. Superstore on Netflix. And Julian watches it without scrolling. That's how good it is. That's uh, okay. OJ, what's your recommendation? Um, so I recently watched a film. Um, it's called Past Lives. Um, it's mm. um, the debut film from this Korean Canadian director called Celine Song. I think she wrote it as well. And the film is about um, two childhood friends, a boy and a girl, who get separated when the girl's family uh, immigrate to Canada. I guess it's like, must be semi-autobiographical. And um, they reconnect uh, 12 years later as, as adults and then brief them briefly. And then another 12 years later, they reconnect again. Um, and it's a very sort of beautiful 
um, yeah, emotional movie about, I guess, longing and sort of childhood, um, well, childhood trauma from separation. Um, it gave me, it reminded me a lot of um, Richard Linklater's um, Before Trilogy, if you'd seen that. Um, but condensed, rather than being overspread over three movies, it's like condensed into one film. Uh, and then the cinematography and pace of it reminded me a bit of Wong Kar Wai, which, um, you know, so kind of two things I really love. And the music was beautiful as well. The music's done by a couple of the guys from Grizzly Bear. Um, yeah, and I, I was really blown away by 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 it. I think, yeah, I kind of I've been really sort of like enjoying watching um, more. Yeah. I guess like these sort of Asian. That I mean, I feel like there's sort of like especially from Korea and stuff. There's sort of been like a explosion of Asian Asian cinema and um, TV shows over the past. Um, well, I guess it must be like twenty years, fifteen, twenty years now. But it's sort of like now it's very, very mainstream. Uh, how uh, does well, one? How does one find this? I mean, do you go to your your, your favorite content? Um, yeah, my favorite content supplier. I, content I, supplier. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'll have to find it. <laughs> I, I'm not. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Uh, right. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. What's it called again? Past lives. Past, Past lives. Yeah. For me at the moment, if it doesn't have uh, an archaeologist with a bullwhip uh, and a fedora, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested. Uh, no, but it sounds great. I, I should yeah. check it out uh, yeah. with whatever service you use. Um, <laughs> so, well, great. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this week's show. And only remains with me now to thank Julian Yap. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And OJ Law. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And before we say goodbye to you completely, OJ, um, how do we uh, find out about your your burger review? Oh, yeah. So the show is called Burger Buds, as in buds like buddies, Burger Buds. And we're, uh, it's on Instagram and it's also on TikTok. Yeah. And in it, you just go around the Klang Valley looking for the best burgers. That's pretty much the show, yeah. Fantastic. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I've been no, I've been I've been sad that I haven't been able to get a great burger recently. So I will. Yeah. So and I think Clang Valley is a big place. So you should yeah. hopefully have you covered like the whole length and breadth. We've or? Uh, we've done forty naps and we've been around. Yeah, we've been around KO and PJ Shalom and um, yeah. I mean, we're, that we I have I have a massive list of uh, places. I think fifty places which we haven't covered yet. Oh. And then every episode, people will recommend like one or two more. So the list just it doesn't get smaller. Yeah, it's quite have amazing. You, have you I'm, gone back to a place? No, not yet. There's just too many places to go. Yeah, and you haven't become sick of burgers yet, then. Well, we I, we only do it once a week, so you know that's still just once like, a week. <laughs> yeah, no, I love burgers, so uh, yeah, it's it's actually been really fun to just go and explore and try new places because you know normally I think once you've have like you know a few places that you like like to go to, you'd probably just go back to the same place over and yeah. over again just for that sort of like reliability and comfort. So yeah. being able to like. Yeah. yeah, try a new place every week has been really fun. Yeah, and and you can also find uh, OJ's music, uh, which he's written and performed himself, uh, sometimes with a band. You can find them. I found them anywhere on YouTube and uh, other places. OJ, Spotify, Spotify, um, uh, Apple Music, yeah, all the streaming services. Yeah, all right, okay. See, Julian, this is what we have. Content, to yeah. <laughs> content. Is that content, Julian? OJ's created content out of you know he's he's he can't stop. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And, well, please join us next time for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, 
Download the BFM app.